Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. This morning I'm here not alone. I'm with um, an individual that God has brought in my life. His name, I call him Wawi. Um, I don't even know his real name. Um, he's, uh, the Lord has brought him into our church and I am mentoring and fathering him and he is here with me this morning. So it's a pleasure and an honor for that. Amen. Let's pray for God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we love you for your grace, your love, your mercy, your compassion, and so many other words that we fall short of, God. I thank you for every individual that is here today, and I just pray that your word come as it brings life. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you speak to any area that we are in our journey of life, because in you there is resurrection power. We love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name, and together we all say Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This morning I'm going to be talking about expectation. As your pastor mentioned already, um, I was asked to share at our pastor's convention. And uh, this was just a word that God was stirring in my heart. It's still stirring in my heart. As a matter of fact, God had so much humor that I had to share it in our Spanish church. And I preached in Spanish this word. And for those people who know me, that is a miracle in itself. Praise the Lord. So I know it's a word from God for sure. So um, I thank him for that. But today I want to talk about expectation and the fact of that there is power in expectation. There's power in expectation. And just like there's power in expectation, when there is a lack of expectation, there is weakness. There is no vision. There is no purpose. So today, as we hear this word and you leave this church... I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit do something in your life that if you don't have expectation or you struggle to have expectation, that as you leave this place, you are injected with an expectation. What is expectation? Well, the basic terminology of expectation is to have a strong belief that something will happen. Now, God have mercy on our soul if the church lacks expectation because a body a group of believers that are filled with faith and filled with the holy spirit it is impossible to live this life without expectation so god have mercy on our soul if we lose the ability to expect because when we lose the ability to expect then we wait for nothing and how terrible would our life be living a life without expectation very important to understand that you must connect your faith. I'm talking about getting a rope and lassoing your faith around your expectation. And saying, come here, expectation, and let me join it with my faith. Because in order to have expectation, we must have faith. It is impossible to have divine expectation without faith. If you don't have faith in your expectation, what you have is wishful thinking. And the church does not need wishful thinking. The church needs to have expectation. And the only way you can leave this place knowing that you have expectation is if you lasso your faith around it and say, come here and let me join it with you. Right? As a church, 
and as a people, you have to believe that the minute you said yes to Jesus, the minute you, you prayed and, and you believed in your heart that Jesus is the Messiah, hope came into your life. A living hope came into your life. A greater expectation that you could have on this earth was already given to you in Jesus, and that is your eternity. The fact that you will reign with the Father. I don't want you to get confused. That is our greatest of expectation. The fact that one day we will look at the Father and we could reign with him forever. And where we were once destined to hell, it is canceled out. And there was the greatest, listen, it was the greatest of exchange on the cross when God looked at you and said, come here, I love you. That is the greatest of expectation. As a church today, when you desire expectation, you are saying, God, allow your hand to move in my life. That's what expectation is all about. A desire to see God move in your life. So today, if you lack expectation because the world can strip it from you, if you lack expectation today, I pray in the name of Jesus that you leave this place knowing my God, that God is a God of expectation. Can you give the Lord a clap offering this morning? Give it to him hard this morning, amen. So as we get ready to get into the, the body, the, 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 the main information on, on expectation, as you are sitting here, you know, when you come to Christ, you come to a point in your life where you believe in Christ. And you come to a point where the belief process starts and you believe. You know, when you walk this walk with the Lord, you know that your end process is to receive the reward that is found in Jesus. Everybody say amen to those two things. But there is a vital and crucial period in the belief and the reward that we will be talking about today. And that is the expectation. And expectation is found right in the middle of your belief and your reward. We must understand that that, that expectation period is a, is a period of, of, of process in our lives where we wait on the Lord, where we desire of God, where we say, Lord, I want you to move. I want to see your hand. Now, for some people, this may go over your head, but for those who catch it, I'm going to give God glory today. As you desire a move of God, as you desire a move of God, you must really believe in your heart that you will see God's hand. That means that as you believe, you will see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And what that means is that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that means that you will see God work in your life. So the manifestation of God's presence is the expectation right before you. So today... As you desire expectation, you are desiring a manifestation. How do you receive the manifestation of God? How do you receive an expectation being answered? And it's by having private time with God. It's by knowing God. Miracles come through friendship. Having a friendship with God. That's when your expectation is increased. That's when your faith is increased. When you are a friend of God. For those people who do not know God, 
there is no hope. There's no manifestation. There's no expectation. It's just life. But for the redeemed, the blood bought, the one that knows your name, the one that looked at you in your lowest of lowest, and he says, that is my daughter. That is my child. When you were rejecting him at the cross, he looked at you and loved you because he prophesied your rejection. He still loved you. To the child, to the blood bought, to the redeemed, to the saints, to you who are here today, we are called to live in expectation and in great expectation of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I can't repeat that, so give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Hallelujah. You know, as you expect from God and, and you want God's hand to move in your life, you know, there is a verse that is found in Corinthians that as ministers we use at, at, at funerals. And it talks about how when you are present here in the body, you are absent from the Lord, and, and that is truth. And I want to let you know that there are some things that we may never receive here on earth because we are absent from God's presence because we are here on this earth. You guys understand that? But that does not mean that when the Bible says, you know, you walk by faith and not by sight, it does not mean that that verse is saying that you will never see God's hand move in your life. So my prayer here today is that, Lord, allow me to walk by faith and by sight. The people who lack expectation and lack faith hold on to the verse. Nope, God's called me to walk by faith and not by sight. That is truth because there are some things we will never see because of this sinful body. We can't. But on this earth, as we walk this earth, he's called us to walk by, by faith and by sight. That means that we want to see his hand move in our lives. So today, we leave here saying, God, I want to walk by faith, but I want to walk by sight as well because I want to see the manifestation of your glory. I want to see it, Lord. Don't, don't get in a position in your life where, you know, we're walking all just by faith and Lord, no, no, no. You walk by faith and Lord, because I walk by faith and because I believe in you, because you are God, because you are able and nothing is impossible. Because you say who you are, I will see my family saved. Because you say who you are, I shall see salvation. Because you say who you are, I will see Addiction go. I will see chains broken. I will see love again. That's the God that we say, Lord, I walk by faith and I walk by sight because you are God. You know, and it, as, as many years pass, I've realized that the most glorious moments in my life have been moments of privacy with God. You know, when, when you recognize... That your moments of privacy is what God uses to explode publicly. You know, your moments of privacy is the platform for God to explode publicly. And if you're not seeing an explosion, explosion publicly, I ask you, what does your private platform look like? Because we cannot pray and expect if there's no private time with God. Impossible. It will never happen. But if you have privacy with God, then he loves to show himself off publicly. 
The psalmist says in the book of Psalms, chapter 5, verse 3, each morning, somebody shout with me, each morning. Look over to the person next to you and tell them, each morning. Each morning. Each morning. Look, you guys have been fasting for a week, right? And you guys do something differently and every church does things differently and God bless your souls. We do 30 days of a slow death. You do a week of a quick death. That's what you guys do. You do kill each other. That's what you, that's what you guys do here at the nest. You kill each It's like kill me quickly and let's get this over with. Us, it's just a, a, pin, a pincho. You know, you're just going to... You're going to kill me slowly. The 30 days, uh, that's what we do. 30 days of a slow death. You do a week. Death. Intense. <laughs> All in. The psalmist says, each morning, I bring my request to you, Lord. And we sung this today. He says, Each morning I bring my request to you, Lord, and I wait expectantly. You know, as, as a church, we must understand that if we're not hearing from God, we can't expect correctly. You got to hear from God to expect correctly. And we have to bring our request to him daily. Like we have to have a relationship with him. The psalmist is able to say, I wait for you expectantly because he talks to him. Like, there's no way, there's no way you can expect greatness from God if you're not talking with God. And if you don't know God, and if you're not listening to God, how can you expect in this world when you haven't heard from God? It's impossible. So today... We, 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 in order to expect and have expectation and have power and expectation and not just have a wishful thinking, we have to talk to God. And the psalmist knows this. He says, the only way I can even have faith, the only way I could wait on you is because I talk to you. Like in your prayer life, like that's what, ex that's what having expectation is all about. If, if we don't have expectation, we can't even pray like for real, like, like Lord, I come to you every day. And, and that's the relationship we have to have. Psalm 62, verses 5 through 6. My soul waits silence. It waits silently for God. And it waits for God alone. For my expectation is from Him. Listen, we're going to read a story that the miracle's great. But the relationship is better. The relationship is better. Some of us get so caught up in the miracle, but the relationship is better. He says, the, the expectation I have, Lord, my soul waits for it silently. And he ends off this verse and he says, He alone is my rock, my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. <laughs> Look, I don't know if you've ever lived this verse. Do I have any, any survivors here? I'm a survivor. I'd break out Destiny's Child, but I, I get fleshly. But <laughs> I can't do that. Like survivors? Like where God has been your rock and where God has been your salvation? 
where he's been your defense and because of him, you are still here. For those people that don't know what I'm talking about, can you give him a clap offering and say, thank you, Lord, that you are that. And listen, this life is all about expecting and having expectations. But I'll tell you one thing, they're not easy. You know, sometimes we get super spiritual to give ourselves uh, reasons as to be disobedient. We get spiritual about being disobedient too. Like sometimes we're just, you know, complete rebellious and we just, you know, do what we want. But sometimes we get spiritual about it. And, and, and I'm going to tell you here today, and, and I want to be honest, and this is coming from my heart because I've done this before. Where you give yourself a reason because your expectation is so high that you give yourself a reason to quit. I'm going to give you a testimony in two minutes real quick here. At the beginning of this year, before the year started in November, God gave me a word for my ministry. A word that would challenge me beyond anything that I've ever done. From disability ministries to starting a church in my dad's house to starting this one with your pastor. And he gave me a word for my ministry. And it's a ministry of healing. And God has been, been using me for years in that aspect, for 15 years. And I've been so scared of it that I said, God, I'll just do it. You know, I, I've, been, I've been so reverent and scared of it that I don't, I, it's hard. If, yeah, it just is what it is. God gave me that word. And one of the churches in Ohio called me over to share. And God says, the time is now, do it. So I told Pastor Tom, who's come here and is one of, my God, a tremendous mentor of ours. I told him, listen, this is what God is putting in my heart. I, I want to do a healing service and in your church, in the, one of our largest conventions in our fellowship. He says, let me pray about it. Let me talk to some guys. He called me immediately. He says, let's do it. It was the first service I've ever had in the United States in regards to healing services. And I did it. So I said to myself, that's it. This upcoming year, I'm going to do it. I've had some personal issues. If you've had some personal issues, can I see your hands up? I had some personal issues in my life. And I had some church issues. If you've ever had church issues, can you raise your hand? If you're a pastor, that's more than enough church issues. And here I, here I go. You guys ready? I said to myself, I know God gave me an expectation in this, in this ministry, but God, I don't think it's the time yet. That's an example of making an excuse because your expectations are too high. But you know what God did? I went to the pastor's conference I wasn't supposed to share. I was in a group of friends, pastors together, and David Barlock tells me, do you have a word for us? I said, what? So I had to preach to like 50-something pastors, which I love church members. Pastors are difficult. <laughs> when I was done with that, Pastor David Barlock calls me up because I had, I had told him my vision and my desire. He called me up when I was ready to throw in the towel. The Lord grabbed it and threw it right back to me, you know. David Barlock calls me up and he says, this gentleman has a gift of healing. He's going to start going around preaching to our churches. Who's going to invite him? I left Puerto Rico with 32 bookings and going. I threw the towel in. God gave me expectations. I received it. But because... It was so hard for me and it was out of my comfort zone. I started making excuses. And in your life, I'm here to tell, tell you today, tell the devil he's a liar and that God's expectations are going to happen no matter what, that you need to jump on board. Because God's going to do it anyways and he's going to use you. 
Today, as, as we get into the story, it is Mary, Martha, and it is Lazarus. And it is in the book of John chapter 11. There's a lot of verses. I'm going to jump and just pinpoint some verses as we started with expectations. I want to talk about certain things that within our expectations, it happens. It just happens. And the point that we believe to the point we receive the reward, this whole process in the middle where we have these expectations, things happen. Look over to the person next to you and tell them, things happen. Tell them, things happen. In the book of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, we'll start there. We'll start there. And um, are you going to bring that up behind me there? Yeah, John. Let's give this guy a round of applause in the back there. Thank you so much. John, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, and his name is Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. All right, just an introduction. Verse 2, we'll stop in 3. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Introduction here, setting the stage. Verse 3, here we go. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, him who you love. What catches your attention there? Yeah. Relationship is better than a miracle. Listen, when you have expectation and you are desiring for something to happen that hasn't happened, I want to let you know where it starts. And you know where it starts? Where it says that his sisters sent to him. Some translations say that they called for him. That's where expectations start, when you call to Jesus. Every morning I come to you, Lord. We're going to have expectation. I hope you have a prayer life. These ladies knew, they knew what was up. They knew that if there was a problem in the midst of an expectation, they knew who to call. And you know who they needed to call? Jesus. And that's what they did. And look what they said. Jesus, we're calling on you. And that person whom you love. Because God moves in love, in relationship. You want God to move in your favor? Where's your relationship with him? Listen, in the church, we build relationships. But there are certain relationships that you know that they're special. And you know that the minute you open up your mouth, despite whatever time, despite whatever the situation is, because of the love that you guys have, they're going to move. And not only are they going to move, but they're going to move whatever they can in their power for your favor. Because why? They love you. You're not moving anything for somebody you don't love. What, just because I see you on Sunday, you think I'm going to get out of my bed at 3 in the morning for you? I ain't moving anywhere for you for 3 o'clock in the morning. What, because I see you in church? I don't know who you are. Some of you have the same relationship with the Lord. You just see him. Just because you swing by in church and then you pray, Come on, Jesus, move. Move what? I don't even know you. 
who are you? Just because you go to church? Like, that's why there's no power in our prayer. Because there's no relationship. You want a miracle, but God wants the relationship. When you have the relationship, now we're talking. Because when you love something and you love someone, you move things for them. And I want to let you know that when you love God, he's going to move you. He's going to move your family. He's going to move your relationships. He's going to move your career. Everything that you call upon him, that's why the word of God says, come unto me first. Because when you call on him and he loves you, he moves the mountain. That's just the way it is. And when you love him and he loves you, it's a relationship that you live by faith and you live by sight. Because love is action. So when you say, I live by faith, and you love God, and he loves you, you can also say, I live by sight, because his life, his love, I see it. I see his love. It's impossible for you to say, I walk by faith and not by sight, knowing that you know Jesus, because his love is action. Now, he doesn't do it because he has to. He does it because he wants to, right? Now, the first situation here and expectation the first thing that we spoke about right now maybe I didn't say it clearly or you missed it it definitely is your prayer life believing that's the first thing we do when we expect you need to believe and you got to pray you got to seek the Lord now in expectation after you prayed and after you sought the Lord how many people saw Mary and Martha start off on the right foot can you say amen that's it that's a recipe for success that's it right there that's what you need that's the way you start but just because you start that way, it doesn't mean it's going to go great for you. Even though Jesus is there. Now watch this. I want you to, re let's read verse 17. Pop up verse 17. As you're taking notes, when you expect, I want you to know that disappointments will come. Somebody shout disappointments. Don't look at your wife. I don't want you to turn around and tell the person next to you. Just say the word again. Disappointments. That's right. It isn't you. It's just disappointments. Just because you have a divine expectation, just because you sought the Lord and you cried out to him, and just because God loves you, it doesn't mean that you're going to be exempt from disappointments. Let's read. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. When they called Jesus, he was sick. The story got worse, not better. And they called to Jesus. You guys know the story. He took a little bit longer, but that, it is what it is. He's always on time. When they cried out, he was alive. And when he came, he was dead. I don't know. You know, last year's fast for us, we were praying and fasting for our son. And in our eyes, it seemed like it got worse before it got better. But it always gets better. There's disappointments. In expectation, there's disappointments. In life, there's disappointments. And the greatest of disappointments in this story is what? That he was dead. So when you expect, embrace moments that you're disappointed. 
But here's the thing. Jesus was with them. We also get discouraged. Let's go to verse 20. Watch this. Just in case you thought you were the only one. In the middle of your expectation, in the middle of your faith, in the middle of your walk with the Lord, in the middle of you praying and, and being in a point where, my God, Lord, what happened here? Watch this. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met with him. But, I'd say she's a little discouraged because of the circumstance. You see where they started off in prayer, seeking the Lord and asking the Lord to come and they knew where the answer was. They prayed and they knew that the healing of the brother was in Jesus, but because they may have been upset of the situation and maybe they're now discouraged because it isn't going the way they thought it would be, now Mary doesn't even go to Jesus and she had called Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been at a point in your life where you don't even want to go to church because God isn't even answering your prayers. you got a friend. She goes to meet Jesus, but the sister sits back and says, I ain't going. She was discouraged. And the enemy wants you discouraged. He wants you disappointed. But my God, let your faith fight. Let your faith fight. This isn't, listen, God have mercy on our souls when we make this Christian walk what it isn't. This is a battle. This is a fight. That's the only way I know how to explain this walk in all my years of doing this. If it wasn't for my faith that has fought for me, I don't know where I would be today. And presently, right now, if it isn't my faith fighting for my personal issues right now, I don't even know if I'd be here. But that faith that you have in you, it's not weak. It's violent. It's strong. It fights. When the world says one thing and the enemy is whispering one thing, your faith is shouting another. Let your faith fight. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be disappointed in the midst of, of, of your expectations. And yeah, you started with a fast and you prayed. But he's dead. What are you going to do now? Oh, this is real, man. She stayed home. You think Jesus was offended? Jesus was there. In the middle of your expectation, I want to let you know that anger may arise. Because you're disappointed and you're discouraged. Because what you prayed didn't happen. <laughs> I have some people here that we, we go way back in relationship, a lot of people here. And I know that we've gone through certain things where we prayed one thing and the Lord answered another. But the end is always good. The end is always good. You know what I learned in this story? That Jesus cares more about the relationship than the miracle. Verse 21, I want you to see this anger rise up. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. 
I don't know if you've ever uttered these words. I've said them before. When I received the diagnosis of my son and many more disappointments and many more situations that have brought anger, I said, Lord, were you even here? Did you, God, if you would have been here, Lord, you weren't with me. The tears that I was, that were coming down my eyes and down my cheek and falling on the floor, you weren't here. If you would have been here, if you would have listened to my prayer, has anyone ever said that before? Because if you haven't, you're probably not in a relationship with him. I said to myself, Lord, were you even here? Did you even hear my prayer? How did you even let this happen? God. And he was there. He's never left us. But she says, if you would have been here. She was disappointed. Her brother was dead. It got worse. Her sister was discouraged. She wasn't even there. And she's angry. You got to be yourself with the Lord because he knows you. <laughs> you walk up into, I mean, I heard Omar opening up the service today about masks and coming in with masks and not putting up a front. Listen, that's, that's as, as relational as it gets in the Lord. Like the Lord knows when you're mad. Come on, man. Leave the, the, the religious mumbo-jumbo at the door. He knows when you had a bad day. He knows you screamed at your wife and maybe cursed at her before you got here. He knows. He, he knows that. He knows you probably don't even want to be here. He knows that. Don't come with a religious act. He knows. But I love her attitude where she says, Lord, I, she was real with him. But, and, and this is here where where this is just your expectation relies on those moments, uh, number four, when you are tested. And, and I want you to read verse 22 here because this is it. But even now. Oh my God. But even now. I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I'm angry. And all these things are testing me for this moment right here and right now where I'm going to prove if this is about my relationship or about my expectation for real. Right now is the time where God wants to see what comes out of this heart. And he says, even now. I'm a guest speaker and I don't want to weep. But those moments, those moments when you've come before the Lord and said, Lord, even now? Where it's in the grave. Where I'm angry and disappointed and I'm still, you, I still feel let down for what you allowed to happen to me. When I was a child and and to this day, I'm resentful for what happened to me. And I mother because of that. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mother because of that. And the way I parent is because of that. And even now, God, I, I'm resentful because you allowed it to happen. Were you even there with me, God? And it's right there when God wants to hear these words. Even now. Even now. 
when I don't want to raise my hands, when I don't want to worship, even now, when I can't look at them in the face, even now, when the diagnosis came, even now, when they're strung out on drugs, even now, when he didn't come home, even now, when I don't have money for the mortgage, even now, when I can't minister because I'm emotional, even now, when I'm a mess, even now, when everything that the enemy is saying is true, even now, when I don't have a case against Satan himself, even now, when everything Satan is saying is true, even now, when every accusation he has is truth, even now, God. Even now. If you don't love him, and he doesn't love you, you have no clue what I'm talking about. Because to understand this, you have to be in a relationship. You can't talk to God like that without knowing him. You can't talk to God like that because your mom was a Christian. Husbands or wives, you can't talk to God like that because your wife or your husband's dragging you to church. You talk like that because you love him. That's real. That's a relationship. Even now. When you're being tested and you can say those words, I still believe. Even now. You guys know that song, right? I still believe. I still believe. I still believe, God. Can you close your eyes right where you're at today and tell that to the Lord? Lord, I still believe. Can you bow your heads with me here today? That you're the same yesterday. You're the same today. And you'll be the same tomorrow, God. If you love him and you've encountered his love, you have the authority and the power to say today, even now. Holy Spirit, move with freedom. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Betsy, can you sing that? I still believe just right where you're at. We still believe. We still believe, Lord. Even now. When it's in the grave, Lord, we still believe. We still believe. We still believe, Lord. The next verse that we're going to be reading is probably the most important verse of the day. It's just going to put everything together for you here today. So I want you to follow. 
Amen. Are you being blessed so far? Amen. Amen. The next thing we're about to read here today is just, it's just that you have to understand. If you have a relationship with God and you've lived life, you could really put yourself in their shoes. Tito, yeah, can we? You guys ready for this last point here in expectation? First was disappointments, second was discouragement, third was anger, fourth was testing. We used verses for every single point. And the last point in regards to your expectation, that time frame in between your belief and the manifestation of God. The last thing is, if the piano player can come up, I want you to hear this word here real quick, transparency. Hmm. What a lost start. Such a good Christian word, hallelujah. Lord, allow me to be transparent. You don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Lord, allow me to be transparent. No, don't be tra No one wants to see the real you. Today we're singing a song that's, that's it's an amazing song, but the same group sings this song called Refiner's Fire. Stephanie sings in that song too. Man, me and my wife were, were singing that song and and we stop all of a sudden. It was simultaneously. We stop. And it was talking about God's fire, refine me beautiful, refi fire me this, fire me that. It was beautiful. But after I heard the song three times, I'm like, wait one second. <laughs> Hold on one second. I don't think I want this for real in my life. I don't want any fire in my life. I don't want to be refined. Because sometimes we don't really know what we're saying. Like refiner's fire, like that, that, that's not pretty. And I stopped myself and I said, Lord, let me really understand what I'm singing here. And it's like this word to be transparent. This is a horrible word. Horrible. There's nothing nice about this. It's terrible. To be honest with you. No one's transparent. We're not transparent with our spouses. Don't lie. You ain't transparent. You don't tell her everything you think. You're a liar. We're not transparent with our kids. That's, that's, that's not true. They, they change their complete point of view about who you are. You don't tell your kids the truth. We live with this facade of a wall up all the time. And then we expect ourselves to just drop the wall with God. It's hard. But in the midst of your expectation, God demands for you to be transparent. What do you mean, Pastor Leo? Let's read the verse. Verse 34. Watch this. When you go home, you can read the whole chapter. It might make a little bit more sense to you. And he said, where have you laid him? Are you guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing or you're waiting for me? Jesus says, where did you lay him? 
here it is, guys. Here it is. It's like when the blind man tells Jesus, Jesus. And they bring the blind man who was nicely told to shut up. Because he screamed me. Jesus. And they bring this blind man to Jesus. And Jesus looks at the blind man. And you know what he says to the blind man? What would you like me to do? I don't know, Jesus. Maybe heal me. My eyes, I can't. I couldn't even find you if they didn't bring me up here. I just heard. But Jesus, when he brings a test to your faith, now he wants you to act out your faith. And I want you to see what Jesus is asking now. You believed in me. You cried out to me. And now I want you to take me back to the place you thought I left you. Take me to where you laid him. Can you imagine that bureau when those sisters were there? And they had cried to Jesus. They called out to Jesus. Jesus, I need you to come because my brother is sick. And in the midst of that day to the four days, right, where Jesus comes back, the Bible says that he had been there already four days. So they had to bury him. And Jesus says, where did you lay him? And Jesus is saying, take me to the place where you thought I abandoned you. Take me to the place where you lost hope in me. Mary, take me to the place that stopped you from coming to me when you called for me. Take me there. Why didn't Jesus just show up to the grave? Why doesn't God just give me the expectation? Why can't I just believe and it happen? Because he cares more about your character. And he's making you the woman and the man of God he is trying to make. He doesn't make anything good if he just answers you. And I just want you to go to this picture. Put it in your mind. Label the grave that son. Label the grave that marriage. Label the grave the ministry. Label the grave whatever it is that you want. But God sent his son. And when his son came, he says, show me where you laid him. It's like God telling you today, that area of pain in your life. Where you prayed and you thought I wasn't listening. I want you to take me there. Because it means more to God. That you walk him there. Than he shows up. Because if you love him. And he loves you. It's going to be the most glorious walk you've ever had. When you hold Jesus by the hand and you say, come with me, Jesus. Because this is where I laid him. And this is when my world was over. 
This is when my world was rocked. This is where my belief in you was questioned. And you have to grab the Messiah by the hand and take a walk with him and let him visit that marriage and let him visit that child. Say, here it is, God. Here it is. You thought it was just believe and ask and give? Not my doctrine. It's never found. He cares about your relationship. He cares about the person that you are. He cares about the marriage that you are in more than anything you could be asking for today. And he will do whatever he wants to, how he wants to, to make you the person that not only believes in him, but the person who grabs him by the hand. And now this is a walk. Now I'm going to walk with you here, Jesus. And I got to walk close to you. Because the closer we get to that grave, the more the pain is going to rise. But if you ask me to take you there to the most ugliest parts of my life, then let's take this walk together, Jesus. Expectation. not easy not everybody experiences the expectations that God gives them because they can't make it this far in a relationship some of us make it to the point where we do see Jesus and we have the faith for Jesus to answer but not many of us because we don't know him enough has what it takes to take the walk to the grave and be transparent say here it is Lord this is what hurt me Jesus says I am the resurrection of life he's not dead he's just asleep I am the resurrection of life that's what he says in this chapter and here's the challenge we have. You guys ready for the challenge? To take God for his word and believe it. It was time for Mary and Martha to grab the statement of all statements. That he is the resurrection of life. To grab the statement that Jesus proclaims. And present that statement to the grave. That's your challenge. Where it says to love your neighbor. And get that word. That declaration to love. And bring that verse to the face of hatred. It is where God is calling us to believe and trust in his word for real. 
Lord, if you're the resurrection, then let me present the resurrection of life to the death, right? To what's dead. The manifestation of who Jesus was is presented in verses 38 through 43. And to me, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you guys know the story. Of course, he was going to raise him from the dead. But if you think, and if you look at this story the same today, that the miracle was that he rose Lazarus from the grave, and that the miracle wasn't in the work of God in the sister's life, you've got it all wrong. Of course he could rise him from the dead. The miracle wasn't if the sister still believed it. Your expectation is going to be challenged. It is. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be filled with anger. You're going to be tested. God is calling you to be transparent. You guys just finished the fast. And maybe you started, because you're killing yourself quickly, maybe God answered you quicker. I don't know. If he answered you already, then praise the Lord. Because he is compassionate. But if he didn't answer you. Can I see some hands if he hasn't answered you yet? never allow your expectation to die there is power in your expectation your power is not found in your answer your power is found in the midst of your process in that expectation and praise the Lord I give him glory for those things that I ask and believe and he answers in a heartbeat but to be honest with you I forgot what they were the ones I remember are the ones that I sat up all night crying about. The ones that I said, even now. Even now. Even now. Is there a situation in your life that you have to say today, even now? Can you stand if you have that situation? Listen closely. If there's a situation right now in your life that you've put it in the grave, it's dead. You had all the faith in the world and you called to Jesus, but right now, it doesn't look good. If that's you today, can you please stand? For every individual standing, I want to let you know that Jesus is with you. <clears throat> That's all you need to know. Can you say that Jesus is with me? He's with you. You may have called and he may not have answered the way you'd want him to. But when you called, he showed up. And I want you to see that today. That every time you call, he may not answer the way you want him to. 
but every time somebody shout every time every time you call he shows up God today in the name of Jesus I join those who are standing and those who are sitting and I say today even now even now even now come on let your spirits receive that today even now come on speak that today even now you may not believe it but say it anyways let that let, let your faith rise here even now all stand and worship the Lord where you're at just stand bring up worship unto the Lord hallelujah the Bible says that your worship is like a fragrant it's fragrance unto the Lord as you worship him that means that when you worship you catch his attention as a sweet smelling aroma that's what your worship is you don't get his attention by asking you get his attention by worship Oh, he wants your attention.
The Bible says that he listens to your cry. If you love him and he loves you, the Bible says that when you open up the mouth with a cry, that his ears extended to you. for this opportunity to share your word and to be able to see life that comes from it give us strength to hold you by the hand and take you to the grave and to take you to the place where we buried it because only you could bring life we love you we honor you it's in the precious name of Jesus and together we all say